0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: Hello, White Sox fans. It is Crystal O'Keefe with episode 17 of Visiting Dugout, brought to you by the Southside Sox, a part of Band's first sports network. Today on the show, I have Chris Brown. He's of Motor City Metrics podcast and the Tigers Minor League Report. Chris,
1: tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh yeah, you know, thank you. I appreciate uh, you having me on. Uh, yeah, just a baseball fan. Just uh, kind of nerded out for the last twenty years or so, and, and that eventually led into podcasts. Uh, but mostly, I just like talking about uh, baseball. And at one point, my wife's like, "Go do something with this, or else you're just gonna annoy <laughs> me." So, you've been doing podcasts for like eight, nine years now, and, and covering the Tigers and their minor league team for about the same length of time. So, I have other interests, but uh, nobody cares
2: yeah i mean we're just here for baseball let's be yeah, real <laughs> sure. um so the tigers are in second right now in the american league central three and a half games back from first and that is you know the right just right behind the twins are kind of slowly making their way to 500 but we'll see so what is the vibe right now in detroit is it kind of like shock and awe or what's going on
1: yeah absolutely it uh you know, they started two and nine and people were not hoping for that, you know, but it kind of felt inevitable, like, yeah, this is just a bad team. And then they slowly turned things around and they had a couple five game winning streaks, and they've been playing solid baseball. And it's just that the central has been so poor so far this year that it, it feels really odd that they're in second place. Now they've they've come within two games of five hundred like four separate times, and each time mm-hmm. they lose. And it, it just feels like it's an uphill battle. Fans thought that they had their chance to do it this past week. They had two against Pittsburgh and three at Washington and they went two and three. Uh, so yeah, they're just a, you know, a middling to four team that has played a little bit above their head so far, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As I was writing these notes, I did see that the Tigers have acquired outfielder Brady Allen from Miami in exchange for Korn's lead vocalist, Jonathan Davis.
1: <laughs> yes. He's, uh, <laughs> he's He's been unleashed. Yeah. Um, how old are we? Uh, yeah, the Freak on a Leash. Wasn't that a song by Corn? It was. You know, oddly enough, my nickname in high school was Korn, and I can't say talk about it, but uh, any anyway, event, that's how I first found out about that band before they blew up. So i like, mm-hmm. hey, look at this, the band named Korn. Um Yeah, that's that's a pretty minor deal. Jonathan Davis is, is uh, he's, he's a big leaguer. He's been in the big leagues before, but he was kind of a, a veteran minor leaguer, or veteran on a minor league deal, and, and those guys tend to have opt-outs. I think usually around June first. Like if mm-hmm. you're not in the big leagues, they get to go to a different team. So the Tigers, I think, were just like, all right, well, you know, the Marlins are apparently desperate for outfield help, so they traded for an A-ball outfielder who was a fifth-round pick a couple years ago. I don't think he's anything particularly special, but it's just kind of, uh, you know, depth move. They did it with uh, Trace Thompson last year, former White Sox. Trace yeah, Thompson. Been to White <laughs> Sox twice, but uh, and then he went absolutely bonkers in L.A. And everybody was just couldn't stop complaining around here. Like, oh, yeah, I couldn't give this guy playtime. He's like 33. Nothing. This wasn't like you didn't give away a prospect. And, and then he's back in the toilet. Ooh, an
2: got an airplane flying over. A bombing run. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I just saw that and I laughed. And also I have seen like three family, family values tours. That's if it. that does, oh, really? you know, disclose our age. I
1: I went to the Warped Tour once. It wasn't really for me. I, I was uh, like a big brother, like Big Brothers, Big Sisters.
2: Mm-hmm. I did
1: that one when I was like 20. I had like a little 12-year-old little, they called him, and he was in a punk band. And so he was he couldn't wait to go see Less Than Jake <laughs> and like uh, Me First in the Gimme Gimmes and all that yeah. stuff. So I, I went with him to the, the parking lot of the Pontiac Silverdome to a Warped Tour, which is not really my scene, but it was kind of fun. It was interesting. So yeah, that's, that's our yeah. era.
2: Did that a lot in high school. Lesson Jake on the Ernie Ball stage at the Vans Warped Tour.
1: Very nice.
2: I know all of that way too well. I'm a little embarrassed. Anyway, so Riley Green looks like he's finally kind of shaping up, unlocking his potential. Great for you guys. Is there anyone else that's really been hot right now? I know, you know, my least favorite, um, Javi Baez was <laughs> struggling for a bit, um, but is there anybody else that's been, you know, really I, hot right now?
1: I didn't realize you are a hockey hater. No, um, no um, you know, it, Green is the one who's been on fire, like you said, and a lot of that is just kind of bad at ball. Luck. He has been hitting the ball fairly hard, and, and that's just kind of who he was in the minors. Uh, there's not quite like a Tim Anderson hitter, but a guy who just – he just gets hits. It, it, like, oh, he'll miss hit it, but it's over the shortstop's head. Like, he, he just knows how to hit. And uh, so he's been a little bit lucky, but he's he's definitely been carrying the team a little bit. Spencer Torkelson has picked things up a little bit. Uh, he's still not nearly what fans were hoping he would be. I, I, I assume it's a little bit uh, similar to uh, Andrew Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been compared a lot uh, since since both were playing high, uh, college and high in high school, I think, in California, my yeah. college. But um, and then you know, Zach McKinstry, oddly enough, that was another deal that fans hated immediately. The Tigers right. You know, right before the season started, they traded a, a, a double-A reliever to the Cubs for Zach McKinstry, who was like one for 25 or 30 in spring training. And he got off to a rough start here. But ever since, like after the first two weeks of the season, he's been the most steady, dependable player on the team on both sides of the ball. So people are really kind of happy with that. But other than that, yeah, it's, it's really been kind of hit or miss. Akil Badu has started picking things up again, which is really fun because... He's always been a favorite of mine ever since a couple years ago. It's just an unlikely story as a Rule Five kid who came up and and was basically an average big leaguer after having barely played uh, in in High A ball. Uh, and then last year it was really rough for him, and he got off to a tough start this year too. But he's uh, he's playing well. He's walking a ton, and he just hit his first home run of the season. So uh, that's fun to see. But yeah, it's really it's not uh, it's not an offensive juggernaut by any means. They're still one of the worst offenses in baseball. I think they have probably 15 fewer home runs than the White Sox this year, which uh, I don't know what how White Sox fans are feeling about their offense, but uh think worse, and that's the Tigers.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't feel great, I will say that. I did have a question. My next one was really about Spencer Torkelson, and, you know, with his struggle and a little regression, is there any concern there, or do you think, you know, it's just time will tell and he'll, he'll be better?
1: You know, it's kind of a split cap. Right now, there are some people who they're they're people like the keepers of the faith, right? Like, you know, it takes guys sometimes. Like uh, Jared Kalanick, you know, it took him two years to figure things out. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit skeptical, I think, but I was skeptical even when he was in the minors. We went and saw him when he was in the minors and and he was putting up big numbers, but there was something not quite right. Uh, And then he kept getting worse as, as he went up the levels, which is not terribly uncommon, but yeah, he's, he's an interesting guy where, you know, he was billed as this kind of big-time power threat, and the power hasn't really shown up. He gets a lot of hard ball line drives right at people. And it feels like bad luck, but it also feels like it's, it's happening so often that that he must be kind of pitchable. Like, mm-hmm. pitchers know that if they put the ball on the outer edge or something like that, he'll hit it hard, but it's not going to do any damage. And so, yeah, I, I mean, he, he has been putting things together over the last – three, four weeks, which is nice to see, but it's still, you know, the bar to be a successful first baseman is so high. Um, I mean, you guys had one there with with Abreu for a long time.
0: Mm -hmm. Boy, it's
1: kind of sad to see what's happened there, but
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: so you have to be like 30% better than league average to be like a solid first baseman, and he's more like 10, 15 right now over the last couple weeks, which is the best he's been in the big leagues, so he still needs to take a couple steps forward. There's some optimism, but uh, I'm I don't know. I before I even came up to the majors, I made the, the comparison to to Reese Hoskins. People just killed me. They're mm-hmm. like, "Oh my God, he, Reese Hoskins sucks." And I'm like, "All right, well, he's going to hit 25, 30 home runs a year and yeah, hit like two fifty and one, yeah." But uh, and and now I think people would kind of kill for that. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it's it's there's not even really a comparison to what he's been right now. It's it's by war he's been one one of the worst big leaguers over the last season and a half. But I don't know. He's still young. There's still cool. time.
2: He is. But on the other hand, your bullpen is, you know, fourth best right now, 2.87 ERA on like average. And then you have Will Best doing some heavy lifting. He, he's got an ERA right now of 1.98 with eight holds and 11 appearances, but he started off in spring training, not so hot. So what's going on with him and your bullpen in general?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a fascinating one because you know, Will Vest was awful in spring training. And we actually went and saw him in Toledo, AAA Toledo. And he was awful for like the first three or four outings in, in Toledo. And then something clicked his velocity kicked back up. And he's been very good for the last uh, you know month. And, and yeah, it's really an interesting thing. It's almost getting to the point where we feel like the Tigers might be kind of really good at building a bullpen, making a bullpen, which is the exact opposite of what they were when they were actually trying to contend a decade ago. They had everything but the bullpen. They could never find a bullpen uh, because they had a really good bullpen last year, and then they they got rid of arguably their four best bullpen arms. They traded away Joe Jimenez, they traded away Gregory Soto, they traded away Michael Fulmer, and they let Andrew Chafin go in free agency. But Alex Lang is kind of their their closer, who's not their closer. He closes games, but they'll also use him when they need him, you know, in, in key situations. And he's, he's been really reliable this year. He's got one of the best curveballs in baseball. And then Jason Foley is a guy that's kind of come out of nowhere. I mean, you know, bullpen guys generally come from out of nowhere anyway, unless yeah. you're in that town. You're like, who the hell's that? Um, he was an undrafted free agent like five, six years ago out of Northeastern. And he was he's, he's always had a big fastball throwing up to 98, 99. But he's turned into this kind of like elite ground ball, weak contact guy. He doesn't get a ton of strikeouts. But to beat him, you have to string together three or four straight hits because he's, he doesn't give up home runs. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, he's, he's been really reliable. So you got those two guys. They, they picked up just a random 40-man, you know, waiver move. Tyler Holton, a kid, I think he was with Arizona, and he's been a really solid lefty out of the bullpen for him. They have a Rule 5 kid named Mason Englert, who's another one who who barely pitched in Double A last year. And his numbers aren't great. He's been giving up a couple home runs here and there, but still he's pitching a lot better than any kid fresh out of double-A has a right to. So yeah, they, they just seem to be able to build the bullpen, at least so far, um, Now you don't want to rely on that too much. And unfortunately, yeah. Uh, yeah. starting pitching hasn't been great. So I don't know how long it's going to last.
2: Yeah, on that one. So this kind of leads it in. Do you have any really standout prospects right now? I know you, you do pay a lot of attention to the prospects with the minor league reports, who kind of stands out for you?
1: Well, yeah, you know, the Tiger system isn't particularly strong or deep. I think it's again, kind of uh, comparable to the White Sox. The, the, the big name right now is Colt Keith, which is a fun name too. He's a a high, he was a high school draft pick in 2020 fifth rounder, but he was, uh, he was a kid who on talent was probably more like a second, third rounder. And he, you know, tried to play the bonus bluffing game or whatever. We actually talked to him on our, our podcast. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, we screwed that up. <laughs> like I didn't want, I, He had no intention of going to school, but they put their bonus too high or whatever. Into so came around and got him for like five hundred thousand. Uh, and he's just been he's been awesome. He uh, uh, just last Tuesday in Double A, he went six for six with a cycle, two homers. Uh, it was it was a remarkable performance. He's so he's probably the best hitter in their system. There are a lot of people who are excited about a kid in AAA, another third baseman named Justin Henry Malloy, who the Tigers got from Atlanta for Joe Jimenez. Mm -hmm. And then they have, you know, a small handful of interesting pitchers, but nobody who's really knocking on the door to help. They, uh, you know, their top pick a couple years ago, Jackson Joe out of high school got hurt. He hurt his back. He hasn't pitched this year. He would only been in in high A anyway, but still, you know, pitchers break. Uh, Wilmer Flores, the younger brother of Wilmer Flores, uh, was an awesome story last year, but he's kind of regressed a little bit. He's not throwing as hard. He isn't performing as well. They we have another pitcher named Ty Madden who was a uh, first-rounder two years ago. He's been okay. So it's really – yeah, it, there's some interesting names, but nobody that's like, you know, really knocking down the door like, hey, this is the next big thing.
2: Yeah, I get that. But as we we think about prospects, we also think about – Miggy finally slowing down and retiring soon. So, are you are you ready for this? I feel like it's been a long time coming, and we've kind of had this Miggy retirement parade for the last like three years almost.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, he hasn't been good since twenty sixteen. I mean, this is, yeah. this is rough, and it's been really hard to see. There, there are flashes. Last year, he was still capable of hitting. He was hitting three hundred. Yeah, up. up through July, and then just the bottom fell out and it hasn't come back. And, you know, Tigers fans always knew that this was going to happen. I think there was some hope when he signed his giant extension. Like, hey, you know, Hank Aaron played well into his 40s. And, hey, look what Big Papi and and Albert Pujols did. And it's just not – he doesn't have functional knees right now. He's got a bad back. He doesn't have any power, which is kind of crazy because at one point, you know, this was a guy who had some of the most natural – he was never, like – Big time power guy he was just so strong and such a good hitter that he'd hit 40 home runs in his prime and and i don't know if he's gonna hit three this year oh, it's, yeah. it's 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 really sad and he's just basically an empty hole in the lineup and, and yeah right now it's basically he's on the team to collect weird going away gifts from other teams <laughs> rocking chairs and cowboy boots and stuff like that and it's like you know this is I mean, this is the bed you made. You signed him to this enormous deal. You're paying him thirty-two million dollars, but but this is he's one of the worst players in baseball right now. It's it's tough to watch.
2: Yeah, and he's I he just turned 40, so it's not like he's yeah. gonna magically get better. He's not best no. in
1: Berliner. No, 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 no. That's a bummer. There are a lot of guys the Tigers could have paid for a long time and they pick. and you know, it it's hard to complain about the guy was is one of the best hitters. Of his generation, if not of mm-hmm. all time, in prime, you know. But uh, yeah, it's it's been such a steep decline. It's really tough to watch.
2: Yeah. But, so, do you have an MVP candidate kind of thus far on this Tigers team?
1: Well, so far for for this year's team, it's Eduardo Rodriguez. The uh, which is kind of it's kind of a very interesting roller coaster ride because last year he disappeared for yeah. two months. There was some family stuff going on, and he just left. And not only that, he didn't really communicate with the team while he was gone. It was bizarre. Uh, And, you know, I don't think anybody necessarily holds a super grudge against him. Like, you got to take care of what's going on in your family, right? Yeah. Um, But people were like, this guy's a bum. He took money. And then this year, he's just been outstanding. He had a rough start against Pittsburgh. But before that, he was like five or six great starts of really excellent, pitching. He he's he's kind of a technician. He's not gonna blow people away, but he'll work the edges. He's got a cutter and, and uh you know change up that, that he just he'll deliberately throw it an inch off the plate and if he's getting it, you're in trouble. But uh, yeah, he's he's easily been their best player so far this year. And then of course that that brings the conundrum because they signed him to a five year deal but he's got an opt out after this year. Oh. So and and, and it's a very market friendly deal. If that's mm-hmm. the right way to put it. He's due like 49 million over the next three years or something even less than that. So if on the open market, he's probably getting five years and a So he's he'd be dumb not to opt out. So then the question is can the tigers try to work out some kind of an extension? If they do, though, to make it worth his while, they're gonna have to pay on like thirty thirty-five million dollars if they add a couple of years. So we're looking at potentially the tigers trading away their MVP their best player sometime in June or July, because if not, they're going to lose them for nothing. And it's, yeah. it's just a tough situation.
2: Wolf. So yeah. last one before we kind of take a quick break, where do you see the Tigers sitting, you know, as we get to maybe July and then when we get to again, September, do you think they're going to kind of maintain this flirtation with the twins or where are we at?
1: Not, I, I, not really. I mean, I I think there's a path for that to happen, and and it's basically if Torkelson and Green continue to improve, which is not out of the question, right? They're second-year big leaguers. It's entirely possible. I just tend to think they're probably going to be kind of a roller coaster ride with those two and with the team in particular or in in general. Um, But I, I think they'll probably hang around, you know, five, six games out until around July. And then I suspect that They'll say, "Hey, we're not we're not going to compete. Even if we did win the division, you know, we're going to get absolutely destroyed by any of the good teams in the East or the West." Uh, so then they may move on from Eduardo Rodriguez or or either you know some of those bullpen arms we talked about. None of them are impending free agents, but it's always seemed to me that that having good relievers on a bad team is kind of a luxury and. You know, it's the old spoiler on a mail truck, or whatever you want to call it, like something that you don't need. It's kind of, it's kind of cool, looking. Um, and you can usually get an outsized return for a reliever because teams who are getting relievers are desperate to win and will give you a little bit more than than maybe otherwise you would think. So there is there is a scenario where they stay in it. You know, they haven't played the Twins yet. Maybe they go and, and you know, beat sure. the Twins head head up, and they do have some help coming. They they lost Matt Manning. Injury earlier this year. It was a freak one. You know, he had took a comebacker and broke his toe. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tarek Skubal, who was their best pitcher last year before he went down with injury, he, he's scheduled to come back sometime in the next two months. So there'll be some reinforcements there in the starting pitching. That might help. They also, Spencer Turnbull is one of their starters, and I don't know how much of his little drama made it to the national level. Um, he's an interesting dude. He's, uh, I don't want to get too too much into it, but like, like hyper-Christian and was like dating. Uh, like there was like a Christian influencer couple and they broke up and suddenly Spencer Turnbull's dating the woman. And like, oh. it was suspicious timing. Um,
2: <laughs> I, I think I did hear this. Now that I'm thinking um, about it, that does sound familiar.
1: But he, but he was a guy a couple of years ago, looked like he was going to be a key member of the rotation through a no hitter in Seattle. And was like, Hey, all right. And then he blew his arm out. And he came back this year and he hasn't been terribly effective. And they tried to send him to Toledo, AAA, a couple of weeks ago. And, and it's a little bit odd because he's like 31. But he didn't make the majors until he was old, like mm-hmm. 27. And and by all accounts, he kind of threw a fit. Um, like, they were, you kind of have to read between the lines there. But after like four or five days, they're like, hey, he hasn't reported to Toledo yet. And then all these stories came out like, oh. So he had a meeting with the GM and the, the manager for like three hours. Oh well, geez, what, what could have gone on there? And suddenly he's got a new agent. He changed his agent and he got Scott Boris as his agent.
2: That's oh, about to say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this is all because basically had he gone down to Toledo and spent like a month there, it would have prevented him from becoming a free agent after next year. He'd have to wait another full year, which is a, like I understand from a labor perspective. I'm, I'm for labor. Like I, I would protest that too, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But, but it's a situation where I don't think the Tigers were trying to game the service time or whatever. I think they just wanted him to not be pitching for them. He wasn't pitching well. Yeah. So they kind of, they kind of worked out a compromise suddenly he had a neck injury. And so now he's going to be in Toledo rehabbing, but it won't, he'll still be getting major league service time. So yeah, there's a little bit of drama there. People are talking about like, Hey, maybe trade him to St. Louis for Tyler O'Neill. We'll trade problem for problem. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that's – like I said, it's it's weird team drama that I don't think makes it to the national level. But, but he could also come back and start pitching well.
2: He could. Which, again,
1: yeah. it's possible. So they could get some reinforcements there and they could stay in it. But I, I just don't think the talent is quite there. Or that there's They're, they're kind of overly reliant on a handful of players. And if those guys have cold streaks, then they're out of luck. So.
2: Yeah. All right, we're going to take just a very quick break to pay some bills. We'll be right
0: back. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
2: All right, we are back. I am here again to talk to Chris about the Tigers. So how do you feel going into this series? Because it seems like these teams might be more evenly matched. Um, I know we'll be down a starting pitcher. Like as we're recording, the White Sox are playing a bullpen game as our starting pitcher number four redacted has injured himself. Um, so I don't even know who is going to be pitching for you know, this next series. So do you, do you feel good about going into this game with a more evenly matched or do you think maybe one is better than the other?
1: Well, you know, I, I've always felt that the White Sox have more pure talent than the Tigers. Uh, basically player for player. Uh, I don't know where, the Tigers would, you know, the Tigers' best player is probably Riley Green, and and he's not as physically talented as Luis Robert. Um, but, you know, I think they're close enough that it could be an interesting series. It, it's my guess. It's a four-game series. My guess is it goes two or two. Mm-hmm. But I could see it going one and three either way. Uh, the Tigers, their starting pitching hasn't been particularly great either. They are, um, I think, that you're going to get Michael Lorenzen, uh, who's pitched pretty well lately, and Eduardo Rodriguez, who's pretty well. But before that, you're going to get Joey Wentz and Alex Faito, who are two younger, more inexperienced starters who have been really – Wentz in particular has been really up and down. When he's on, he looks really good. Mm-hmm. But he's had a lot of rough outings. Just I think he got beat up by the Nationals yesterday. I want to say he gave up 10 hits in like two and a third innings. Um, so that's – yeah, that's not great. Uh, but if the Tigers can get a lead – as we talked about, the bullpen has been really pretty stout for the most part this year. So, yeah, it, it may be one of those uh, series where whoever has the lead after five, six innings is going to take it. But, yeah, I would imagine it ends up pretty even. There's, uh, But I wouldn't be shocked if the White Sox talent over overwhelms the Tigers. <laughs> you know, they just they just swept the Royals, right?
2: Well, yeah, but the Royals are also last place. Yeah, but
1: you, so? I mean, you've got to beat the teams you're supposed to be, right? The Tigers True. didn't. The Tigers yeah. lost 2-3 or three against the Nats, who I believe are a last-place team. So, um, you know, you take the wins where you can get them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Tigers are at home for, for whatever that matters. Maybe that gives them a little bit of an edge. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't uh, – it's starting to heat up, too. I'm sure the weather's pretty similar there, so the ball's flying a little bit more. But, yeah, I, I, I don't feel particularly strong about the Tigers taking this series.
2: I wish I could make it up for the series because I love going up. to I love Comerica. People really sleep on your ballpark. It's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I, I feel still feel bad that we, I couldn't meet you out there that oh, last yeah. year. But I'll be up. I'll be up.
2: It's not that long of a drive. But yeah, um, my <laughs> kids were obsessed because of like the little area with like the carousel. And my son was like, "These are the best tacos I've ever had." When he was at the little taco place, and you know, it's just it, it's a cool ballpark. I wish people would like go because I feel like it's it's been slept on so much
1: but yeah there's a there's a that's another kind of split camp thing here where everybody loved Tiger Stadium so much uh but but it really was a dump like yeah it was just old <laughs> like they, they could have there are a lot of things about it that were cool it was a very intimate stadium you were like mm-hmm. right on top of the field but there were tons of seats that were basically useless you couldn't see the field uh it smelled like pee yeah and uh you know all that all that stuff but yeah Comerica is it has its Fun little things—the carousel, the the Ferris wheel—and yeah, that uh, my wife absolutely loves. There's like a there's one sort of, sort of street taco nacho mm-hmm. place that she just, like. We've gone to games a couple times just so she could get the nachos. It felt like a terrible financial decision, but you know, <laughs> I went for it because I'm like, okay, I get some baseball and some nachos. But yeah, no, I know. I think it's a fun park. I, I've liked going there ever since when when it first opened. My buddy and I, yeah, we were twenty we would just go and get loaded and hang out by the statues in center field and yell at players. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember they – I've told a story at our podcast before, but Jose Cruz, Jr., was an outfielder for the Blue Jays, and we were yelling at him relentlessly to the point where he gave us the finger one time, <laughs> and now his son is in A for the Tigers. Oh, no. I told the story to his son, too, and his son laughed. So that's how <laughs> old I am. But, it's okay. Yeah, it's a fun part.
2: Yeah, I like it a lot. We we always have fun when we go there. And I, love, I just love the atmosphere because you've got like all four like really big teams just right there within walking distance. It's kind of the same with Pittsburgh, but even in Detroit, it's even more walkable than it is in Pittsburgh. They're just they're right on top of each other. So it's just this cool strip of just sports and good places to eat. And you've got m ms restaurant there if you want mom's, mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. Yeah, it's right there. So that the line was wrapped across the building last time I was in Detroit. So I've no, I I've can't never, have it. But
1: I've never tried it. But uh, yeah, it's kind of funny that it, I was like, oh, look at that, mom's spaghetti. Yeah, yeah there there are particular times of the year. Like it's been forever, but back in the days when when the Red Wings and the Pistons were were both good, the Pistons they used to play uh, farther away. But when they were both good and like the Tiger season was just starting. Yeah, downtown used to be pretty wild, but uh, yeah, it's been a rough go for the professional sports teams here for about a decade plus. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's odd. The Lions fans are the most optimistic right now, which just blows my mind.
2: <laughs> I do need to get up. I haven't been to, I mean, I, I went to the Joe. That's how I know mm-hmm. the Red Wings. So I need to get up yeah. there and see what's going on now, but another nice. day. Um. So well, you're, that's you're that's always that's- welcome. Yes, back to the series. What are your keys for the Tigers to take this series?
1: Well, yeah, I mean I, I think getting some some power from the the part of the lineup is is key because they don't yeah they, they just don't hit for much power this mm-hmm. year, so it, it really you really have to put together these rallies and just being able to get like uh, in the Nats game yesterday, I want to say they walked like eight times. they were showing really good patience but they couldn't get the big hit when they needed it. They had the bases loaded a couple times one time with no outs didn't score, which is always just the most frustrating thing in the world. So they just need to get some big, you know, two, three run homers. Um, and I think they do that and they'll probably win, but mm-hmm. if they can't get the big home runs, it's going to be a struggle for them. That's and fair. then you're yeah, getting, getting some length from the starters, particularly the, the two younger guys. If, if they can go give them five, six innings, then I think they have got a good chance.
2: Yeah. Are your biggest fears heading into this series by chance, Jake Berger, or um, you know, any anybody like Luis Robert Jr., even Gavin Sheets who is raking?
1: You know, I I I'll be honest with you, I haven't. I didn't even look to see who's been tearing it up for the White Sox. I thought that, that Robert Luis Robert has been playing really well lately, mm-hmm. uh, ever since the whatever weirdness was going on there the with incident. Yeah, not knowing who the I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, Obreu's gone. And Obreu was an absolute uh, torture chamber of a human for the Tigers when he, he just destroyed them constantly. He's one of the biggest, we call him Tigers killers here, right? Yeah. Uh, guys that just, just destroy the team. So there's a big sigh of relief there. But uh, Tim Anderson just always, particularly against Matthew Boyd, I think he owns him. Now I don't know if Boyd is going to pitch in that series. I don't think he is. Um, but Anderson has always, he's just always been such a clever, uh, smart, talented hitter that, uh, they can't ever get him out consistently. So they'll get him out, they'll have one game, whatever, and then he'll go three for four next game like that. So he, he always, like if he's hitting, they're in trouble. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I, I, they've had issues with Giolito before. Mm-hmm when he especially when he first started you know doing the change up up in the zone or whatever they like they just couldn't hit it whatsoever um and I, he's been kind of up and down this year or or not necessarily up and down but not as ne- not as dominant as he once was but pretty good he's,
2: yeah he had a rough go at the beginning but now he seems to really be back in and he's doing very well and he will likely be that opener pitcher for the Thursday game so um, it'll probably be him and Lance Lynn one of those days. And then who knows um, for the next two. But yeah, Lancelin and Lucas Gilito both really had some some issues at the beginning. And now they're, they're kind of back and doing what we know that they are capable of doing.
1: And uh, I have to, I mean, you, you got to cross your fingers here. I know that Dylan Cease has not been nearly as good this year. So something I think we talked about the last time we talked to you and Janice maybe about. Yeah. Dylan Cease has absolutely dominated the Tigers in his career, and I'm trying to find the stats right now. Let's see. Uh, here we are. He is ten and one against the Tigers in his career. Oh. 13 starts with a one seven two uh, ERA. 73 innings, eighty-eight strikeouts, twenty-four walks.
2: Yeah, that sounds like Gardella. and You will likely face him one of those games during the series.
1: 14 earned runs in 13 starts.
2: Yeah, he's good. You know, he he again was another one who he looked very bad in spring training. But normally, if he looks very bad in spring training, he will come out and dominate. And he's been one of those who had a few little hiccups, but has been, you know, still very good. Not not 2022 good, but still. I can't complain about him.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, we talked about it before the season and I, like, I keep saying it, I feel like the, the White Sox have more talent on paper, but I, I mean, you could see a situation where those three starters, we mentioned Len, Guilido and Cease, they all shove and the Tigers are out of luck. Yeah. Um, odds are not all three of them are going to do it, but, but I could see it. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's always fun to play the White Sox. So he's a rival, but, uh, <laughs> Like I said, it's probably two and two. Yeah,
2: that's fair. <laughs> so we'll we'll move away from this mid off before we end. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, when we talk about baseball in general, what teams are really sticking out to you so far this year? I mean, I know the Rays are the Rays are hot, and they will probably remain hot. But you know, who's really sticking out, or who might be a big underdog for this season?
1: Well, yeah, yeah you know, I I tend to. I guess I tend to be more cynical. So I pay more attention to the teams who are really disappointing so far. Okay. Uh, which, which has been like the Padres and Cardinals, right? Yes. Uh, to a certain extent, the White Sox. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Rays have been so incredibly good. But it, it it remains remarkable to me that the Orioles are playing as well as they have been, given that they didn't do anything in the offseason. Mm-hmm. They signed Kyle Gibson, right? Um, mm-hmm. And their hot, you know, young rookie Grayson Rodriguez hasn't been awesome, but they just. It's, it's that uh, it's that you know Houston Astros GM tree or whatever where they seem to know how to win somehow and it's super frustrating because the Tigers and the Orioles kind of bottomed out and started rebuilding at the exact same time and the Orioles are like three levels ahead of the Tigers. But um, yeah, so I've been impressed with them and then a lot of it is we're still so early in the season. I mean it's we're like a quarter over, mm-hmm. but a lot of times you'll see where teams like the Mets and the Phillies are just kind of hovering around 500. And it seems like every year a team like that will in July or August, just go on a run where they win 25 out of 40 games or 25 out of 30 games or something like that and, and take over. Um, and I would assume that, that team, like the Mets seem to be on a bit of a heater right now. They keep winning these late games, uh, which is always a good way to like, you know, get some momentum so that they could get it going. Verlander pitched eight innings last night. Yeah, Scherzer, Scherzer yeah. pitched well too. It's like, okay, yeah. well that's what, that's why you're paying $80 million or whatever. Um, but yeah, and then other than that, that like it's fun to see teams like the Rangers playing well. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, this is something I think Tigers fans and White Sox fans can kind of uh, you know kind of handshake <laughs> in the middle about right. The uh, like it's weird when you spend money on good players how your team gets better, right? What a right? bizarre concept.
2: And, um, not, and I mean, Jagram isn't even in right now. He's still no. like rehabbing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but they, I mean, you know, Simeon has been awesome for them. Secret was, was good when he's healthy. They've got Adolis Garcia, so it's been fun to watch them. That the Diamondbacks are another kind of fun young team yeah. that are, you know, building from within and and doing some good things. So it's nice to just see some new names out there. Like it was nice to see the Mariners last year. right? Like these teams that have been struggling are kind of mid, as you said, uh, <laughs> over over the last decade or whatever. It's it's cool to see them performing well. And then, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to see teams like the Yankees just kind of playing okay, but uh, they're like 10 games out or whatever because the Rays and the Orioles are so good. So
2: I love it. Yeah, I hope yeah. the Mets um, can continue to go on a tear as I have three different games I will be attending. Um, so if I'm they could City just Field. continue that tear, at least for June and July, that would be great.
1: Nice. How many parks have you been to?
2: half at this point Um, I'm checking off my New York parks in July Um, and next year I think I'm gonna head out to see the Coliseum before it is gone Mm -hmm. but then that's you know a quick little jump right over to
1: um,
2: yeah to San Francisco so I think I'm gonna I'm just slowly kind of knocking them all down trying to get to where I can be At all thirty?
1: Do you? you, I I just get the ice cream helmet whenever I go to a different stadium. A little. Do you? Do you collect anything? Is it?
2: Um. Yeah. I I mean I always do get ice cream there, so I have a bunch of those helmets. But I usually buy myself a shirt that's kind of more either a player that I really love, like I'll get the jersey, Mm -hmm. or just something that like really encapsulates the park like in boston i got one that it, it's you know it's green it's got finway on it and it's got like a little outline of the park so i will always get myself a shirt when i'm there and my kids collect baseballs from each stadium so mm-hmm. i try to go and find like the coolest looking baseballs especially if they've got again like the ballpark on it so they both mm-hmm. get baseballs and now that i have a puppy she most recently oh. got a, a plush baseball from cincinnati
1: so mm-hmm. i was a- i was worried the puppy was getting the the decorative baseballs or whatever like oh no dogs like to tear apart baseballs i remember seeing the inside of a baseball for the first time because of my dog
2: yeah she's still got the really sharp puppy teeth so she's not she's not getting the fun stuff but. but yeah so i do i like to collect just little things and i do usually bring home the helmets too but um yeah i just i have so much fun and my you know my editor just got me this amazing book it was like a basically like a diary for all the parks and you can write, you know, different things about the game and souvenirs and all this cool stuff. So I'm just like, well, I'm going to utilize this because yeah. I always go back to ballparks too. I mean, especially the ones that I can easily drive to. So.
1: That's that'll... awesome. Feel like a baseball passport.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's basically Damn. what it is. So um, it'll be fun, but I'm excited to, I'm barely seeing the white Sox this year. Um, I'll see them in New York. But I will be in Pittsburgh in a couple weeks to see Pirates-Mets, which I just hope both teams have fun, honestly. But, you know, yeah, it'll be fun.
1: That's awesome. I'll be
2: back up to Detroit so that we can actually hang out.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. I'm (laughs) envious of your travels. uh, I've only been to a handful of big league stadiums, unfortunately. I I just, the way things have gone, but I need to get to more. So maybe that'll be my goal before I'm 50.
2: Yeah, this is my treat yourself thing where I kind of just do a solo trip every year, and I try to knock out at least one ballpark. Like last year was Boston, this year is New York, and then next year's Northern California, maybe Southern the year after. We'll see. But so, yeah. All right. Well, again, please just remind people where we can find you because you yeah, are so all follow.
1: We uh, yeah, we, our podcast is Motor City Metrics. So if you want to listen to some nerdy Tigers baseball stuff. Uh, we also do a Tigers Minor League report, which is mostly a Twitter account, but we have a website. I, mean, I shouldn't say mostly a Twitter account, but we put a lot of minor league clips on on Twitter. Sometimes uh, they may even involve the Charlotte Knights. Uh, but that's it, Tigers ML Report. And then uh, yeah. And you can find me at Chris Brown 0914, common name, uh <laughs> on Twitter. For now, I don't know. I'm on Blue Sky, but I haven't like I've downloaded, I'm not actually on it. Oh um, But, uh, you know, one of these days, maybe we'll, uh, you know, migrate over there. But for now, yeah, just on Twitter.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, again, Chris, thank you so much. Best of luck in this series. Maybe we will just split it so we can both be happy.
1: (laughs) That sounds good to me. All right. Thank, Thank you for having me on.
2: Yeah. Goodbye.